Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the Media tab. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, Ravenna Assembly. Good to have you all here on this live stream video. Whether you're in your living room with your kids or you're still in your pajamas on your, on your phone, uh, however you're tuning in this morning, we're grateful that you're with us. Why don't we go ahead and begin with a word of prayer as we open the service as we're gonna open uh, with some live worship from our worship team. Again, we're excited to be, to be with you even though we're not together. We know that we serve a God who's big and he does big things. And we know that even through this video, we are still the body of Christ connected through him. So why don't we open with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray that anyone who hears and listens to this video would hear your word would worship together and would exalt you and would praise your name. God, we give you this service in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship this morning. Well, good morning. Go ahead and join us as we sing to our God and lift him up this morning.
you're tuning in with us this morning. Um, we're going to lift up some needs of the house this morning, and we're going to also remember um, those that uh, need our prayer. Even as you're in your house right now or in your living room with your kids, um, we lift each other up. We carry each other's burdens to thus fulfill the law of Christ, as Galatians says. So um, we want to keep remembering Ron Phelps as he's recovering from surgery. We want to also remember uh, Brent Schultz as he's uh, recovering from his stroke that he had many weeks ago. Um, he's doing he's doing better. He's rehabbing, but we want to make sure that we're lifting him up as well. Um, uh, others that are sick in our church, but we want to also again remember the Chapke family as George went, went went to the Lord a few weeks ago as we celebrated his life this past week. Um, so again. We're, we're not connected in person, but we are the body of Christ. We lift each other's burdens up. So pray with me this morning. Father, we come together and we lift up those that need us, that need us to, to, to intercede for them. Lord, we pray for Ron Phillips. We pray for recovery and restoration to his body and the same to Brent Schultz. Pray, restore him, Lord, heal him. Those that are sick in our congregation, those that need us, Lord, to, to lift them up, we pray healing in their bodies. We pray that you would be the great physician to them. Lord, we pray again for the Chepke family. Pray for your Holy Spirit to comfort, to lead and to guide, to be with them, to make your presence and your peace so prevalent in their lives. Be with them this morning. Again, we pray. Lift each other up. And I pray this morning as we look to your word that everyone that hears this video would know it, would hear your voice from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, again, we hope to be back in person. Uh, we will have more information on that coming up. We hope it will maybe next week on the 24th. We will get more information to you as soon as we know, but uh, look for their Facebook page, look to the bulletin in your email, make sure you're keeping up or calling the church office. Um, we will come back again together, and we, we are excited. We're going to have such a celebration on that Sunday to celebrate that God is still in control, and he's still the one that's, that's leading us and guiding us. So we look forward to that. But go ahead and look at these, um, some of these announcements that we have on these, these slides to keep up with what's going on in the church.
Deciding between a booth or a table. But now, normal looks new. New ways to spend our time. New ways we interact with each other. New ways we experience God. Normal changed. Will you? Amen. Haven't you heard that saying before? We just can't wait until things go back to normal. Normal. But you think about the phrase even itself. What, what actually is normal? Going back there? How is normal defined? Normal is defined as the usual, the average or the typical states of condition. It doesn't sound like a necessarily a place that you would want to go back to. And although I understand because 2020 and even the beginning of this year, there are things that we don't want to deal with. There are things that we want to forget about. The quarantine, virtual schooling, COVID cases ramping up, and all these different things, all these changes that has happened in this, in these last 12, 13 months or so. And, and all, all the while we, we kind of say, you know what, I, I want to go back to before then. I want to go back to normal. But you ever notice how our culture, our culture is obsessed with looking back, with looking back. Nostalgia is a popular trend with, with everything from, from movies making remakes to food companies bringing back snacks or, or, or certain things from, from previous generations or previous decades. Our culture loves reliving the past so that they would trigger memories inside of us for us to remember what it was like back then. One of the favorite memories I, I, uh, I love thinking on whenever I'm, I'm talking about looking back was this place called Blockbuster Video. Blockbuster Video. I would ride the bike over there to Blockbuster Video. I would go there, bring a few bucks, you know, grab some, grab some, uh, grab some snacks or, or candy and uh, rent a video game or a movie. And of course, back then it was it was even VHS tapes before the DVDs came out. And I, I love remembering those things and, and looking back. And for even for even for me, that was normal. That was the past. That was normal. 
And my girls, who right now are, are you know eight, six, four, and about one or so, they don't know anything about blockbuster video. They don't know anything about returning those VHS tapes. And if you, you got a fine or a fee if you didn't rewind it all the way. For, so for them, they don't know what that is like. But for a lot of us, looking back is a healthy thing. But there's also a danger in it as well. If we constantly stay in the state of wanting to go back, we can miss what God is wanting to do in our hearts and lives right now. We can miss his mission. So as we explore this topic, we can do both things as we're going to look at it. We can look at the past, we can honor the past and remember. But we can also look ahead to the future and look ahead at what's, what God wants us to do. So the title of this message, the title of it is The Trap of Wanting to Go Back. The Trap of Wanting to Go Back. Can you say that? The Trap of Wanting to Go Back. See, this is exactly what the Israelites were faced with, the way they were confronted with time and time again in their journey. Let's look at this passage together. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 14. Verses 8 through 14. And it says this, The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. Look at verse 10. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it better, or was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. But I love what Moses says here. Verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you will see never again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Still. This was the climax moment for the Israelites. It's the moment of triumph, the moment of, of crossing the Red Sea. And after seeing the incredible miracles and honestly the horror of, of these plagues, the Israelites knew that God was on their side. And what's interesting in, in Exodus chapter 12, after seeing God's miracles, all the supernatural that's happening, they actually plundered the Egyptians of their gold and clothing, and the Egyptians gave it to them from Exodus chapter 12. So they know, hey, God is on, 
God's on our side. He's moving. We're, we're moving ahead. They're about to escape slavery. And now they're stuck. They feel like they're trapped. Let's pause right here. Because sometimes in our life, we are forced into change. And sometimes we must choose to change. And we must choose what our reaction will be. The Israelites here, they're on the move. They had no choice. There was right, right in front of them is the Red Sea. And their future, behind them are the Egyptians coming after them to enslave them once again. But the response here is what is so incredible. In their fear, they wanted to go back to what they knew. They wanted to go back to Egypt. And it was fear that was talking there. And they had a pretty intense situation. But here's the key. Fear was what was talking whenever they said, hey, we want to go back. It forced them to want to go back. So church right here, fear can paralyze us and make us want to go back. Fear can paralyze us so that we, we don't know what to do next. We're just kind of stuck. Look again at what they said to Moses in verse 11 of Exodus 14. They said, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done? <laughs> Moses, are you kidding me? Didn't we say, hey, leave us alone. We're good. We're fine. Let us just serve the Egyptians. You see, in their fear, they were speaking of the past. Why'd you bring us out here, Moses? Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that he brought us to the desert to die? What an interesting question there. It's, it's actually dripping with sarcasm because in ancient Egypt, there's plenty of space for graves. And the graves in Egypt, the way they, they uh, kind of memorialized the, the, the dead and, and there were the mummies, there was such a tradition for, for graves and for space being allotted for, for graves. And this is what Sphere's talking about. The Israelites saying, didn't, didn't we say, hey, leave us alone, we're good. Let us serve the Egyptians. And church, this is where fear takes us. It forces us to look at the state of the past condition and we start to think, and the enemy can work in such a way that we, we can start to believe that the past is more desirable than the future. What was in the past for the Israelites? Slavery. Many of us desire the past, but we don't realize what the past also brought. You see, whenever we say things like going back to normal, I totally understand some aspects that we want to get under control, absolutely. But going back to normal as a general state, that's not where God wants us. He's on the move. He wants us to overcome our fear and to know that He is with us and He wants us to cross the sea, to move ahead to the future. But does this mean, on the other side, that God doesn't want us to remember the past and give thanks for what he's done? No, of course not. We need to honor and remember 
what God has done and the legacies people have laid before us, the moments where we remember how God transformed us. You see, church, we need to remember what God has done, but we need to keep moving forward. Later in the story of the Israelites, Israel crossed another body of water, the Jordan River, with Joshua leading them. And you remember Joshua chapter 4, God commanded them to remember. It says in, in verse 4 of chapter 4, So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a, a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You see, church, there are, there are moments in biblical history God commanded there to be memorials, festivals, things that we, we look back on to remember his faithfulness. We need to remember the past and reflect on God's goodness because it inspires us and encourages us. The stories of old, the legacies that people have laid. I think on my own journey, in certain locations and certain places in my life, where at, at a summer youth camp, God so transformed my heart, and I had such clarity to know what I was supposed to do with my life. But you see, the Israelites here in Exodus, their moment here, they don't want to just remember the past, or they don't want to remember the past to honor it. They want to go to the past because that's what they know. You see, isn't it interesting, church, that when we want to go back to what we know, we want to do it whenever we're afraid of change. We want to go back to comfort, provision, guarantee of money, and no risk. For the Israelites, they wanted to go back to what they knew because it sounded better than the future. What was crazy, though, for them to think they wanted to go back to Egypt, but what was in Egypt was slavery. And yet, it was familiar. It certainly wasn't comfortable, but it was familiar. They knew it. Church, change can be tough no matter who you are. It's tough whenever it's forced upon you like, like a job loss or anything related to the pandemic that is out of your control or big change like moving to another state. It makes us feel uncomfortable and, or even just annoyed because it moves us from the familiar to the unfamiliar. Change moves us from the familiar to the unfamiliar. It's pretty straightforward, but this is, this is why we resist change so much. A change as simple as your phone is updated and things are different 
or your bank changed its, its lobby hours or, or something changed in your daily routine. But in the era of COVID, change has been forced upon us so, so rapidly. Between working from home and virtual school to drive-through only and, and socially distanced social gatherings, a change moves us from the familiar to the unfamiliar. For the Israelites, they knew Egypt, and that's what was familiar. It's interesting to note that for them, they didn't know anything else. That was their normal. For biblical scholars would say that, that they would agree the timeline says that for 400 years, the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians and they didn't know anything else. You see, familiarity can lock us into what we know, not what God wants for us. What they knew was Egypt, but with that came slavery. And yet God heard their cries of deliverance, and they were about to move from the familiar to the unfamiliar. Now here's where we get in trouble. We think with the change that everything sometimes will be peachy, that everything will go smooth, scot-free, and that is usually not the case. With change comes difficulty. Remember what happened whenever Moses the first time asked Pharaoh to let his people go? <laughs> what happened? It got worse. Remember Exodus chapter 5, Pharaoh got upset and said, well, no, I'm not going to let you go. In fact, because you made me upset, I'm now you're going to have the taskmasters over Israel. They're going to, they're going to force you to make bricks without straw. Same quota you got to make per day, but now you don't have the materials. And boy, the Israelites were upset at Moses. But going fast forwarding to the, to the story here at the Red Sea, their backs are against the wall. They have the Red Sea in front of them, the Egyptian army behind them. What does Moses say? What does he say to the Israelites? says, do not be afraid. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring today. The Egyptians you see, will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you, and you need only to be still. Only to be still. Stand firm, watch what God does, and move. Move. Church, God is doing a new thing. And he is on the move. Amen? He didn't take a break off during everything that's happened in 2020. He's still on the throne. And even in 2021, with everything going on, it's time for us to get up and to move across the sea. To move with God. To get out of the funk that we're in to stop having such an apathetic, oh, I don't really know what to do next, to, to stand firm to say, you know what, I'm going to stay here. I'm going I'm to be connected to God 
to watch what God is doing around you and then to move with God, with him. Isaiah chapter 43 says this in verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Don't miss what God is doing in the church. Don't miss what God is doing in this world. We have a mandate. We have a mission from Jesus. Go and make disciples. Preach the good news of Jesus. Tell others that their lives can be transformed by the renewing, by, by, by the gospel of Jesus. So let me encourage you today, church, if you haven't already, whether your New Year's resolutions or just your prayer time, to give 2021 to God. Say, God, I give it to you. Lean on him. When your back is against the wall, whenever you're facing change, whether urgent, whether not, whether God's moving on your heart or not, whether you know that he, he wants something to change in your life, stand firm, see God's work, and then move. But maybe today you say, you know what? I, I hear this message and I know I need God in my life. Maybe you've never accepted God or accepted Jesus in your heart. You say, no, I, I have to change. I've got to change. Well, friend, Jesus is the one that makes the change. We can't make the change ourselves. It's him. For on the cross, whenever he said, it is finished, and the curtain tore from top to bottom, we now have access through what Jesus did to God. And whenever he rose again, he defeated death so that we could be made new. We could be born again. And all our response is to hear the gospel message. Romans 10 verse 9 says, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, then you will be saved. Then you will be a new creation as we love this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where it says, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new has come. So if you never accepted Jesus in your heart, I, I encourage you, it's time to change. Not the change that you can make, but the change that he does, that he, he performs in our heart. He transforms us, and then he makes us united to him in Christ, through Christ. So before we pray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you, believer, as well. God is asking you to step up in some area in your life, to respond to him, or you know he's, he's asking you, to have courage and to make a change or a move or, or whatever it may be. Stand firm, watch what God is doing, and then move. And know he's with you. Let me pray for you, church.
Father, this morning I pray that we would know your presence, we would know what it means to stay connected and close, to know, God, that you want us to move from the familiar to the unfamiliar. Lord, I know that you're reaching out and encouraging and challenging us that even though change may be scary, you may be asking us to move in such a way because you were on the move. And Lord, I pray for those that have never heard or never received you into the life, I pray, Lord, that they would respond to you as for forgiveness for the separation that they have, their condition right now. That they would confess their sins that you would prove to be faithful once again to, to forgive them and cleanse them from all their, their unrighteousness. Lord, today, transform hearts. Give us courage to make change. Stand firm. Watch what you do and move. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friend, if you've accepted Christ into your life for the first time, tell somebody. Contact us here at the church. We want to walk alongside your journey of following after Jesus. And church, I'm going to transition to a song. I'm going to lead us, um, have you watch a, a song here and respond to, to God's faithfulness where it's, it's called Do It Again, which shares in God's faithfulness and that he is on the move. Great is his faithfulness that he will do it again, what he's done. Remembering and celebrating what God has done in the past, but realizing He is in the future and He is on the move. He has a plan for your life. So why don't we together look at this song and celebrate what God has done and what He's going to do as well. Walking around these walls I thought by now they fall
He will do it again. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. So again, church, we want to um, just encourage you. Stand firm. Watch what God does and move. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would bless them. Would you lead them and guide them this morning? Help them have courage whenever change is coming. Whenever things have to move, give them courage. Help them to know that you are in control. You are on the move. So this morning, we look to you and we move as well. Lord, I pray you bless their coming in and coming out, all their family, Lord Jesus, to bless them and bring us back together again, I pray, as we celebrate you and all that you've done, that you're still faithful and that you will do it again. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.